We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hawks six shy. As time winds down here in Atlanta, Hawks have now won two of three from the Knicks this season. One more game remaining here in Atlanta. Hawks win it 139 to 124. And there's the hero, Murray, along with Young. So they were more than the Knicks could handle this afternoon. They combined for 50. Oh boy, do I hope that is not the new normal. Um, mm. uh, Knicks lose 139. You heard that correctly. 139 to 124 um, as they get a rather rude awakening uh, for what life is going to be like without Mitchell Robinson for at least the next three weeks. And um, that's three weeks until a revaluation. So my guess is that we are not going to see Mitchell Robinson again until after the all-star break. Uh, that was 14 games. It's now 13 games and it's funny. Well, it's not funny. It's you have to laugh to keep from crying. Uh, but Andrew Claudio said, I think it was in the last post game before we knew the extent of Mitchell Robinson's injury that he would consider signing for five and nine just to get to the all-star break at 500. I think after tonight, um, I, any anyone, anyone who is thinking clearly would sign for well now it would be five and eight until the All Star break because um, this is just not the same team without Mitch and I, I want to I want to preface this by saying uh, well I want to preface this by saying a couple of things for one this Hawks team. I don't know if it was spurred on by the onslaught of negative articles that were coming out about them. And clearly, uh, you know, some, some, some different things emerging from their organization, people looking to make other people look bad, including Trey young, whatever it is, uh, they have found some inspiration and they obviously came into tonight winning four in a row. I said, coming into this game, uh, watch out. This team is finding itself and oh boy, are they finding themselves? This was what this team was supposed to be all, all year long. A team that was just good enough on offense, like, you know, maybe a top half of the league offense or defense rather, excuse me, just good enough on defense, top half of the league defense, ideally, but a team that had the capability to be a top five offense. And tonight you saw why, um, and they didn't even hit any threes until late. That's the thing. Um, I mean, when Trey young and, and DeJounte Murray are going, it is, um, it is a sight to see. And yes, Mitchell Robinson 
goes without saying would have made a massive uh, difference. Um, And there was other stuff the Knicks didn't do or did do tonight that had nothing to do with Mitch, which contributed to why they lost. Uh, They turned the ball over 11 times. Can't do that. Um, when you're down one of your key cogs, they uh, gave up, and this is a Mitch thing, but they gave up, let's see, what was the final number of offensive rebounds? They gave up 14 offensive rebounds to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you can't do that either. The offensive rebounds, that's certainly a Mitch thing. He's been really good on the defensive glass. The turnovers, that's like self-inflicted wounds. I, I say all of that, at, I want to get all that out of the way to just say like, you got to when you're when the when the key foundational build, forget foundational building block he is the defense he allows them to defend the way they do he makes it so that guys on the perimeter feel a little bit better about maybe going over a screen as opposed to going under a screen um he just he he covers up a lot of stuff and he covers it up in a lot of ways that I don't think we fully realize, even though he is the best Nick by on off numbers. And I do not think that that is a, a misnomer. I think he, in a lot of ways, again, is the foundation of what they do. You gotta, you gotta go into tonight with, I think a little bit more defensive pride and they, they came into tonight and I don't know if it was maybe some guys felt like they needed to try to do or, or felt like they, tried were or tried to do too much not felt like they felt like they needed to do too much or felt like they needed to do it all on you know themselves defensively i mean because like grimes is more jumpy than usual um deuce was i i'm not sure i've ever seen i mean look it's an unfair matchup dejounte mary has him by whatever it is four or five inches but like that he when he's locked in he doesn't get eaten alive like that and those are, you would say, two of the three best Nick defenders on the perimeter, along with Emmanuel Quickly, who, you know, had some nice moments, but he was another one. He was having trouble keeping up with the Hawks penetration. Um, so it's those guys. It's everybody. You know, it's it's Brunson. It's Randall. It's it's RJ. It's it's, you know, it's Obi. It's everybody. You don't give up one hundred and thirty four points or whatever they gave up. One hundred. I've already forgotten what the final score was. Um, a lot of points. You don't 139 points. Excuse me. You don't give up that many points without a collective like something. We didn't do something right. And again, I. I yes, it's Mitch. Like this doesn't happen tonight without Mitch. But I wish the, like I'm not going to get upset or too upset about Dejounte Murray and Trey Young going off because that's what those guys could do, and those guys are. One is going to, I think, is going to be an all-star. Another one was an all-star last year in Murray. Um, Their supporting players hit shots. Like, teams are going to score. And the turnovers help them. And maybe if you don't turn the ball over as much, like, you, you, it's it's a little bit of a closer game. Obviously, it got got away from them in the fourth quarter when they couldn't generate offense. And they, again, couldn't get a stop because they couldn't get a stop the whole game. But, like, I felt like I would have liked to see, even without Mitchell Robinson, a little bit more pride um, is the only word that I'm going to use. And not that you felt like you were watching a team dog it. They they weren't dogging it, but like attention to detail, being fully locked in, um, being cognizant when you see a screen, like, do I need to go under, you know, do I need to go over the screen? Can I go under the screen? There's a lot of bad, bad decisions where that stuff was concerned. Uh, you know, as far as what they did, to defend the drives after the penetration occurred. You know, we saw Sims in a lot of drop. We saw Hardenstein in a lot of drop. 
Are there better options? Sure. Theoretically, you're, I mean, you're not switching against those guards. I know that, uh, you know, come to the level a little, a little bit more and, and challenge them to make the lob throws, especially Murray, because he's not as good throwing those lobs. But this team's just a beast. And that's and again, that's where the offensive rebounds really, really gets at you, because you feel like the, the occasions you did your job on the defensive end to give up 14 offensive rebounds. But again, it goes back to Mitch. I'm, I'm going around and around in circles because it just reveals the reality that this team is very top heavy and they are thin at the top. And for a team that does not have a superstar, it's wild that we're, we can have to sit here and say that when they lose any one of their top six, and like you could tell me Mitch is the most indispensable. You could tell me he's number two after Brunson. You could tell me he's like top three after Brunson. And I don't know who else you'd want to say. He's valuable. Uh, but like they really don't feel like you don't feel like they could lose any of their top six. And I think we're we saw it tonight. We've seen at other points this season how when they're missing one of their guys, it just it makes life really, really, really difficult. And uh, he is a guy they could not afford to lose because they're just they just don't have anybody on the roster who could do what he does. I did think Jericho Sims played better as the game went along. I'm excited to see his progression. I was happy he got the start. I thought he played pretty well considering the task that he was up against, the challenge that he was up against. Uh, but yeah, you, I mean, you, you just you have to you have to be more of a presence, and it's paying attention to every little thing. Don't leak out before you know your team gets the defensive rebound, for instance. Um, you know, make sure you're not helping off the corner more than you need to. Like all the little the little bugaboos that we've seen all, all year long really came out tonight. And look, I'm not gonna make a I'm not gonna go big picture and make a bigger deal out of it, like, oh, they've won, you know, they've lost three in a row and the wheels are falling off and this is the beginning of the end, the whole thing. I'm not there. When you're down a guy like Mitch, a guy who's as important as Mitchell Robinson, it's just about triage. I don't care how they get to the all-star break at 500. I really don't. I don't care how they scrap and claw together, whatever five wins between now and then. I don't care if their net rating sucks and there are a couple of games where the wheels fall off like it did tonight between now and then just figure out a way to get to the all-star break at 500. You know, that has to be the goal. Um, and I guess I'll end with a positive before I get to moment of the game. Um, and, uh, well, we already kind of did the, the, the Weiss and Rosenblum personal injury report talking a lot about Mitchell Robinson. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll do that one more time. Yeah. The last, the last thing I'll say is like, I thought after what was an extraordinarily stagnant and in fact, their most stagnant performance on offense against the wizards the other night, I did think they came out and they made a concerted effort to pass the ball tonight. Um, we saw them, fall lapse back into bad old habits in the beginning of the third quarter. And as a result, the Hawks, I think went on a 14 to one run credit to the Knicks that I thought that their best stretch of the game, actually two of two way play was after that Hawks push at the start of the third. I thought they defended a little bit after that. They put some pressure on the Hawks. They were actually being the aggressors on defense, which they're going to, I have a feeling if there's going to be a way to survive the Mitchell Robinson injury, it's going to be through that. It's going to be, you know, which is not, that is not how Thibodeau plays defense, but they're going to have to get in some passing lanes. They're going to have to force more turnovers than they're used to forcing. I just don't see, I don't really see a way around that. 
Um, and then they re- remembered like, oh, yeah, if we move the ball, we're going to get good shots. And to his credit, a lot of that was just Julius Randle being freaking awesome. Um, a really, 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 really strong offensive game from Julius Randle tonight. Um, I do want to shout him out because amidst the 139 points given up, um, not a perfect game. There were a couple of moments where he went back into some of his old bad habits. You're always going to have some of those. By and large, though, I mean, the dude had 32 points on 22 shots, got to the line nine times, nine rebounds, six assists, three turnovers. Like you, you, you can't can't really fault him for for that. Um, and yeah, uh, that's about it. We'll do uh, some quick moments of the game. Um, I do have three candidates. Uh, first candidate, it was good to see some good Obi Toppin basketball tonight. Um, came in first basket, uh, drove off the corner closeout for a nice dunk on the baseline. That was nice to see. So that'll be one candidate. Um, I thought the Sims put back dunk. He had a uh, put back dunk to make uh, it 95 90. What was even more impressive about that play, even more than the put, the put back dunk is he flew back on defense after he got the bucket. And how many times have we seen Knicks either get a bucket or worse, not get a bucket and complain for a foul call, not naming any names, uh, and then fail to get back on defense. He flew back on defense and was in the play on the very next possession. Um, good job by him. And then uh, we'll go with the, we'll go with the Randall four point play for the other, for the other play of the game candidate. Uh, so that's it for a moment of the game. Um, like I said, uh, we already kind of did the, the Weiss and Roseboom personal injury report. But as a reminder, call them at 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. Um, if you have a injury that you would like to inquire more about, hire a veteran, not a rookie. Um, prior results do not guarantee future outcomes. I, I wish I wish there was a way that you guys can can like represent Mitchell Robinson and somehow instead of a settlement, you, you get him on the court quicker because I would like, I would like my starting center back. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I think that, I think they call that injunctive relief and I'm not sure we, we have that available to us with the, with the court system that's currently constituted. All right. Enough for me. I'm curious what people's thoughts are after this game. I really, this is one where I don't think I'm going to have a great feel for where people are going to go. Cause you know, lot to get upset about, uh, but also some stuff to be happy about. So let's see what we got. Sergio Acosta, what's going on, Sergio? No Mitch. Pain is a playground. The Knicks look sorry. Um, yeah, it, it just... Here's what can't happen. We can't go the next month where every game I'm getting on here and being like, oh, you know, and we say the same thing. Oh, no Mitch or Robinson, like this is going to happen. Can't do it. And it's also not all on Sims and it's also not all on Hardenstein. Like I, I'm, I don't, one thing I don't want to hear tonight is I don't want to hear hate for Isaiah Hardenstein up and down. I'm, was he great? No, but like, was, was it his fault? No, you got to, you have to stop penetrators. And I, I understand a lot of those shots that those guys got were in the, in the paint, the short mid range section, uh, which is where they make a living Trey young and, and DeJounte Murray, DeJounte Murray in particular, and Mitchell Robinson makes a big difference there because he could come out and he's big and long and quick enough that you, you feel like you're not automatically giving up the lob. But like your your guys who are on the perimeter, you gotta you gotta 
got to prevent the penetration. You just have to do a better job of that. Um, so yeah, there's no two ways around it. That said, I do not think they will face as, as more a, a, as difficult a task as they did tonight. As I said during halftime, this felt like a if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball type of game. And um, I don't know if they're going to be getting wrenches quite as fearsome as this. Thanks, Sergio. Forgotten NYC, definitely a Scrooge take, but as harsh a critic of this front office's plan, um, a second half collapse feeling imminent makes me feel slightly vindicated. Um, I mean, I don't, I can't go there. Uh, you are our resident Scrooge here, Forgotten NYC. Um, like, I have a hard time sitting here being critical of the front office when, like, you want to tell them, like, or you want to tell me, like, they built a team that was too, like, look, this is an imperfect, let's, let's be very frank. It's an imperfect, putting aside the no star thing, which we always come back to, even putting aside that, it's an imperfect roster. There's a lot of blame to go around for that. They have a lot of money invested in players who are not playing right now. You want to blame the coach for that, not being able to properly incorporate Evan Fournier or Cam Reddish or whoever you want. That's fine too. Front office has to own all that. But like, give the front office credit. And I've been a harsh critic of them as well. Um, give the front office credit. This team makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways that I didn't think people thought it would make sense. No, you should not be in a situation as a team where one injury to any of your top six basically like torpedoes your chances in in any competitive game. That's not ideal. That said, it's one game without Mitch. Let's see how they do over the next three or four weeks before we call this thing a failure. And again, like the Knicks are supposed to be a play-in team this year. They were supposed to be a spunky fighting for the 8-9 seed. And here we are and we're spoiled because we were six. And some people had notions of us maybe making a push for higher than that. Now, all of a sudden, we're falling back towards that eight, nine range. Just get to the all-star break. Get to the all-star break at 500. You'll be right there in the fight. Give yourself a chance to make a push at the end. I don't have any issue. I have quibbles. I have quibbles. But as, as someone who at times has critiqued this front office's plan as much as anyone it, it, it's tough for me to do that. They've, they've built something nice here. I like what they've built. I like the young players. I like Brunson. They made a good decision to keep Randall. Um, we, we don't have to revisit the, the Donovan Mitchell thing, but like tonight's not the night. I don't think I think that I could sum it up like that. Tonight's not the night. Thanks for God. And appreciate it as always. Hamdy M what's going on. Andy. Thank you for the generous contribution. Why didn't we play zone? Is it a tips thing? They held it strong in the third quarter. Um, I thought we had something. Then the gas tank went empty. The Hawks hashtag Hawks suck. Hawks. I, I don't think they're going to ever defend at a level that you need to win a playoff series. Um, I think they got pretty fortunate with the matchups the year that they went to the conference finals. I don't think they will get that fortunate again. Yes. Us being one of those matchups. Um, as far as the zone, like I think that's just something you have to practice. And it goes without saying, Tom Thibodeau values practice time. He, he seems, my impression from the outside looking in, is he's a guy who's much more like, we are going to become excellent at the thing, at the very specific things that we want to do. And again, to their credit, they've been a top 10 defense for the last month and a half. I mean, they rank as a top, to, not after this game, they'll probably drop down to 13 or 14 if I had to guess, but or maybe not that low, but whatever. They've been a good defense for most of the year. 
And for portions of the year, they've been a very good defense when they've had their their guys. Is is this the team you want to play zone against? Like these guys put the ball on the floor. They make quick decisions. They make good decisions. They could shoot it. I know they didn't shoot it great until late tonight, but like, I don't know if this is the team you want to play zone against that. That just, and again, I don't, that's just not something I think the Knicks are, are going to do. And to, I don't know if that's the way, I don't think you have to resort to that with Mitch out. Like, again, that's why I'm putting it on the perimeter defenders. I think they could be better. I think what you saw tonight was bad. I think, all of those guys, not only the guys that are supposed to be good, but the guys that like we've been complaining about all year that like, you know, haven't been great defenders that should be better. Um, and I think last thing, I think Sims is going to get more and more comfortable. I thought I, I really did feel like I saw him getting more comfortable as the night went on. And I think this play, I think this experience is going to be invaluable for him. If there's one silver lining to the next month and a half or month rather, I think it's that Sims is going to get valuable experience. I was very happy again that he started tonight. Thanks, Andy. Kevin, what's going on, Kev? How are you? Yeah, bring in Ibaka. I listen. I'll get back to that in a second. Um, let me read the rest of your comment. Brutal offensive rebounding game. Yes. Yes. And and again, everybody has to own that. Everybody has to own that. Um, iHeart cannot play on this team anymore. What was what was our Hardenstein tonight? If, uh, first of all, I want to say my assumption is that Hardenstein played about 15 minutes, but 17 minutes. So minus four. Got four defensive rebounds in 17 minutes. It's probably not great. Um, yeah, I, I, mm, I don't know. I If I didn't see Hardenstein again, would I mind? No, but uh, you want to tell me that Put give give Ibaka Hardenstein's minutes. All right, that's fine. I, I I was hesitant on the Ibaka thing because like I I don't want him to take a single minute from Jericho Sims. Like I um, let me read the rest of your comment first. It said positive. Randall and J, JB looked really good. Some BS calls. Yeah, the, I didn't like those. The the flagrant foul call on Grimes was nonsense. Only to be up uh, one upped by the ridiculous Hardenstein foul that was not overturned and it should have been overturned. Um. Yeah, Randall looked better. I, I still, I, I still think I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I agree that Brunson is probably skewing a little bit too much to the side of looking for his own shot. I do not endorse any of the takes that are like, oh my god, he's he's a too much of a meat player. He doesn't look the pass. I mean, the guy had what do you have eight or nine assists tonight? Like, it, and it, it it's tough to tell a guy who's that efficient. Like he was seven to 14, you know, and he gets to the line and like the whole thing, he had nine assists, you know? So it's like, it's a tough balance for him. And he's not like, you know, he's not a natural point guard. I don't think you'd say, so it's never going to be perfect. Um, but I think he, I think he was better tonight. I, I still think he could get even a little bit better, but yeah, I don't want anybody taking Sims minutes. Um, I feel less strongly about Deuce at this point. And I've kind of wavered on that. And I'm, I think I'm kind of shifting over to the dark side where if you, I'm not saying trade Deuce, I'm not saying Deuce is a lost cause, but at least for this season, I feel, I would feel okay if they made a trade for a wing or a guard and it meant that Deuce was not going to see any more rotation minutes. Um, I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, Sims, I think, is a different story. I, I don't think you're getting a center that's going to blow me away to the point where I'm I'm like, yeah, put put Sims back on the bench as long as Mitch is out. Give Sims these minutes. I, I, that dude's an NBA player. I, I like him. Uh, thanks, Kev. Appreciate that. Hayden Freed, uh, traffic cones tonight. Yep. Up three at the half and the game was over. I It's funny. They, I know they were up three at the half. I never really felt like this was a game that they were going to win. Like, I was proud of the fight. Gr- love to see the fight after you uh, the Hawks come out hitting freaking everything in the first quarter. You love to see the Knicks fight back and take the... I think they took the first quarter lead, if I'm not mistaken. Um, up at half. Hawks go on that big run. The Knicks fight. I mean, you love the fight. That's why, like, I'm, I'm not going crazy because they're... I think the bones of this team are still good. I think the culture of this team is still good. I don't feel like they came out tonight and like laid down. I understand they were, I agree with the traffic cones comment. They were traffic cones, but that was more, I I really do feel like that was more like technique and like keeping your head in the play and like making smart decisions. Like they were jumping all over the place around those screens. They just weren't, weren't being smart. Like they were forgetting the things that they've practiced and executed all year. Um, you know, I, so I'm not, I'm not down on this team. Uh, I, I'm really not down on them, but uh, I do agree. This was a game. I never thought that they were going to win. Thanks Hayden. Kevin, what's going on, Kev? Great to hear from you, my man. This was hard to watch. It was, I didn't like, I don't like these games. Give me 99, 97, any day of the week before a game like this. This is not what I'm suited to watch. Uh, this is going to be a hard stretch without Mitch. Plus, the players looked out of it. Yeah, defensively, like, again, there was something off. There was something just. That's why I said one of the first things I said tonight was like, were they. Were, were they just kind of taken at it? Were they just out of sorts because Mitch was out and they were. They were trying to do too much or trying or doing stuff that they're not, they don't usually do on the defensive end. I, I really, and then a lot of it was the Hawks. A lot of it was the Hawks. I mean, again, I, I don't want to keep going back to it, but, and, and they, and they've not been good all year. The Hawks, the, the fact that this, this freaking team, this Atlanta team was like a bottom half of the league offense for pretty much this entire year. I don't know if they've moved now into the top half over this five game winning streak, but like, my Lord must there have been some really bad shit going on in that organization for things to have gotten that bad because my goodness, are they talented? Um, And they do make life difficult on you, but like, that's, that's not an excuse. Thanks, Kev. Dan Hidalgo. What's going on, Dan? Thank you. Uh, Maybe I'm reading into this, but does it seem like this team doesn't like each other? Everyone seems tense and they barely talk. No high fives, etc. Um, no, I, I mean, I, well, I don't know. Maybe they hate each other. I have no idea. They don't, they don't strike me that way. I, I had heard earlier in the year that it was a bit of a, not, I don't want to say uh, that there was maybe perhaps some clicks in the locker room. Um, and that might be still the case to some extent. I, I will say, the lack of ball movement over the last couple of weeks where I, th- I quoted it in the newsletter, or I cited this stat in the newsletter <clears throat> of their lowest 
six of their eight um, lowest games by assist percentage coming into tonight had come in the last eight games. Um, so like maybe not trusting the pass as much. Is that a sign that guys aren't, I don't, I, I'm not going to go there. Um, I think like, look at Julius. How the hell do you read Julius? Like if you watch Julius, you would think like, Oh, this person hates playing basketball and hates everybody around him. And like, just hates everything that I don't think that that's true. I think he's, he just has a unique demeanor. Um, I think it's easier to be happy, go lucky when you're winning. And I think it's harder when you're losing now, you know, I think that the, the, the biggest, if this team didn't like each other, I really do think they would have folded earlier in the season because God knows they had opportunities to fold and they didn't, you know? Um, but that, I don't know. I'm assuming I'm assuming, but I do think tense. Yeah. I definitely think they're tense. For sure. Thanks, Dan. Hush, Zoo. What's going on, Hush? Knicks can't keep going with iHeart. I'm sorry. He might be an Enos Cantor level. Uh, he might be Enos Cantor level on defense. No one is that bad, Hush. Enos Cantor is the worst defensive player I've ever seen in a basketball uniform. Um, and I hate him. Uh, his help defense is non-existent. Just so, just go get Surge. Yeah, the Surge thing is interesting. Like, you know, Surge is very old. <laughs> He's got a lot of muscle memory. Um, I is he the answer? I, I mean, the the reason why I think you're you're you should be comfortable if you're the Knicks moving on from Hardenstein is you knew there were going to be defensive issues. Like he's he's he was a, he's been a terrible defensive rebounder. You know, he, he's not a good defensive rebounder. We knew that coming in. And like for all the advanced stats that painted him as like the most underrated, like greatest defender in the NBA. Like, I think we were, we always, I don't know. I think there was always suspicion about how true that was, but whatever you were giving back and the turnovers were the real bugaboo and he hasn't even turned it over. Um, whatever you felt like you were giving back, you felt like you were picking up because of the passing and the offense and the shot making and the whole thing. You're not getting any of that, you know? And Again, at this point, I don't even really care about what who's to blame for that. So, yeah, it might it make sense to try someone who's maybe a little bit more defensive minded? Absolutely. Problem is, if you trade for Surge and then Surge comes in here and he plays well, and then you got Mitch coming back, well, obviously Mitch is going to play. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess you can mothball Sims at that point. I, but I don't know. Hushu with another one. I'd go even so far as to say sign Dwight Howard. Please, God, no. Uh, talk about things I don't need in my locker room losing Mitch really sucks. Nick's having the second hardest schedule going forward. will be a fun ride. Well, look, it'll be a challenge. It'll be a challenge. It'll be a good challenge. It'll be a worthy challenge. And this is what makes or breaks you. I'm not worried about after the all-star break. Once I get healthy, like I can't wait to see what they do. Get to the all-star break in one piece. Can you get there? Can you go five and eight between now and then, or is this going to be more like, you know, two in something or three in something. Cause that would be, that would be dispiriting, you know? Um, I hope not. I hope they have, I, I hope they have could find five wins between now and then starting on Sunday. Cause you're not like going to Toronto, right? Sounds like a hard game. Look at the schedule. Not, not too many better opportunities than that between now and the all-star break. Thanks hush.
For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Will Oliver only up only up three at half shooting seventy one percent was a warning sign. Um, ah, thank you, uh, Justin. I got you. Uh, yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, and the, and the funny thing was like, I I looked at the at the halftime stats also, and I was like, the Hawks are were I think five of fifteen from deep, and we were shooting seventy one percent. I'm like, we're only up by three. And then I looked up like midway through the fourth when the Hawks had kind of pulled away and they had only made nine threes at that point. Now I understand they made however many threes in like the last five or six minutes of the game, but um, yeah, extremely worrisome, extremely worrisome. Like, and look, give the Knicks credit. They are a good offense. They have figured out a way to be a good offense in different ways where they're better when they pass it. But like they're, I mean, at this point, the one thing you can say is the Knicks are just a good offensive team, you know? So credit to them for that. Uh, but man, yeah, you gotta, gotta defend. Gotta defend. Thanks. Will. uh, Juanon, what's going on? Juanon. Um, happy to hear from you. Salute. I'm really hoping this next week doesn't push us into a panic trade. Speaking of, I was waiting on Reggie Bullock to check in tonight. I guess the Mavs didn't hear GMAC's prediction. Well, listen, we love GMAC here, but 
One of my favorite all-time movies is A Bronx Tale. And he, I'm not saying he bears any resemblance to Mush, but I think we may need to come up with a new nickname for Andrew Claudio. I think I think I think Mush Mush might be general maybe General Mush. So we could keep it G M A C, but instead of general manager Andrew Claudio, it's General Mush Andrew Claudio. Or maybe we'll switch out the, the general for something else. Um, I don't know. But yeah. Rip up your tickets the second he, he predicts something. Tough one. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, hate to say it, but probably trade, uh, but probably in the trade Obi for Duarte camp. Ah, oh, come on tonight. Did you found his game a little bit tonight? Tonight's not the night to go trade Obi Toppin. Come on. Don't, don't draw any conclusions based on, um, that stint he had where they were playing small ball. I mean, it, you know, Tibbs was just grasping at straws there and I'm, I'm not sure I blame him. Not look. Obi is not in a great place right now. And he wasn't in a great place before the injury. I'm not saying there's no trade that I wouldn't do for him, but this is too good a player and too talented a player. I know he's an imperfect fit and I know was questions about his viability, about what is he going to look like on like a contending team? Forget about all that. Forget about all that. Don't, don't trade a guy when his value is as low. Unless you're going to get something real for him. And I, I don't know. I'd be mildly surprised if they got something real for him at this point. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to gently, gently push back on that one, Kev. Thanks. Uh, Jason A, what's going on, Jason? As I switch to the MSG post game and I see Wally Zerbiak talking about God knows what. Who's not an all star today, Wally? Um, Jason, a defensive pride aside, given Mitch is out, the scheme has to adjust. Okay. I mean, that's fair, but to what can't continue to play drop at the frequency we did and not expect coach McMillan, um, DeJounte Mary trade to abuse the lack of a change. So I'm not saying you're, you're wrong, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I do want to at least add a couple of caveats. Caveat number one is there is no other team in the league who has, first of all, Trey Young is the toughest, as far as guards go, as far as like ball handlers out on the perimeter at, who penetrate the defense. And then once they penetrate the defense, have the ability to hit a floater or throw the lob or kick out to the corner for that matter. I'm not sure anybody is on the level of Trey Young. You, I mean, I guess you want to give me John Morant. Um, you want to give me Doncic? Diff obviously, different sort of player. Uh, like to me, it it's more like you on Murray. They went over too many screens. Like if Murray's going to beat you from outside, let Murray beat you from outside. Um, Young, it's a little bit tougher, but like you know, he he's not shooting particularly well from outside. Like I think there maybe could have been some adjustment there at the point of attack. Once they get into the teeth of the defense, if you come up more at that point, like what's preventing the lob, you know, like you're, you're, then you're, then the, then the secondary help needs to come from the corner. So that's going to be 
you know, either that's going to be either Randall or RJ. And like, we've seen Randall in those spots before. We've seen RJ in those spots before. And it's not always pretty. I, I just, I don't want to draw too many negative conclusions about the scheme in the first game back without Mitch. And it happened to be against this team playing with as much confidence as they are right now. Like, and I, I know that sounds like I'm making excuses. And if, if you'd like, if you, if you think I'm making excuses, that's, that's fine. I, I apologize. I, I, I just, yeah, I, 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 let's see a few more games before we kill the scheme. Cause like, it, that's what every NBA defense is designed to give up. Those, those, you know, long to mid mid rangers. Um, I understand it was a bad idea tonight, but but again, I don't know that there was that much of a better idea. Um, other than more, be more aggressive. I, I there's a part of me that wonders if that isn't the pivot. But again, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I want to see them against a different team or different teams. Thanks, Jason. I, I appreciate that. Um, something to chew on. Uh, Juan Sex Fifty One. It's a good one. Get Beasley or whatever shooting ASAP, no space. I mean, again, is tonight the night to kill the offense? I scored 124 points. I know some of that was in garbage time, but like, yeah, the team needs more shooting. And maybe Beasley is their answer. I don't, I don't know. I'm a little concerned that there's not a big enough difference. Like, Beasley's not a good defender. So you're going to add another poor defender to the rotation. I think I'd probably rather get a guy who is a little bit more of a ball mover, a little bit more of a penetrator. Like this team has a formula that they play with. They, they, it's supposed to be drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick. And I understand that they are one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league, but they have guys who can make shots and they have guys that you should trust to take and make threes in Julius Randle and RJ Barrett and obviously Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly. And when he's not the one doing the penetrating Jalen Brunson, who I believe is now around 40% from three for the year. Like I just named five guys, you know, Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin was shooting the lights out of the ball. Not that long ago. Um, He hasn't lately. You know, and if you get another guy who, you know, can hit um, an open catch and shoot three, maybe not with the volume that Beasley does. I think, you know, there's not many guys in the league that have shot more threes and made more threes this year than Beasley. I don't know if I like him as the perfect fit for this team is the only pushback that I'll give you. Thanks, uh, one one sex. Great name. Um, David Greeter, Obi has been board certified trash this year. I, I'm not, I don't want to kill Obi tonight. Tonight's not the night to kill Obi. It's it's just it's it's really tough to defend that team when they're going well. You know, they're super talented. There's a reason I recorded Patreon podcast with Andrew earlier today. And um Trey Young is one of my my 12 East All Stars. Um dudes rebounded really nicely. Um from an, uh, from a bad for him start to the season. Let's give Obi a little bit more time. Um, seven came back from injury, you know, and he's his best one. That did some things on offense, which is nice. 
Thanks, David. Forgotten NYC with another one. Hashtag resident Scrooge. Hashtag Claudio curse. Um, you're not mush, though. You're just Scrooge. Scrooge is different than mush. I'd probably rather be Scrooge than mush. Um, who's a random role player that you think is gettable? Another one from Forgotten NYC. What the hell counts as a random role player? Hold on. I'm pulling up the good old. Um, it's funny. There's one on this team. <laughs> Uh, once a Nick, always a Nick. Um, Justin Holiday. There, there. That's that's my answer. Uh, Justin uh, Justin Holiday is eminently gettable. I'm pretty sure Serge Ibaka is gettable. Um, let me see if I have another answer. I think Ian Bagley mentioned Justin Holiday in a, a report uh, some time ago. Uh, that might actually play for the Knicks. I'll give you one. So I was, I thought it was interesting when I noticed a few weeks ago that uh, Will Barton was out of Washington's rotation. Like that dude was a really nice player for Denver for a lot of years. Now I understand it's a lot easier to look like a really nice player when you're playing alongside three-time MVP, soon to be three-time MVP, probably. Um, But that dude was good. And like, the Wizards were really excited about that trade, not only to get Monty Morris, but to get Barton. And that dude's just not playing. Now, I know Barton is like not perfect. Uh, he's not the most efficient guy in the world. He's not the best defender in the world. But like, there's a dude that's just sitting on Washington's bench. I don't know. Is a random. Is that a random enough role player for you? I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd make a phone call. Thanks, forgotten. Max Color, thank you for the generous contribution. Big picture, but Embiid asking out was mentioned on the pod today. I agree he should be the target, but I fear teams with more assets like OKC and New Orleans will offer packages the Knicks can't compete with. Uh, Appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard me on pods before, but Embiid has long, 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 long been my guy. I've said it for three, four years now. <clears throat> at some point, maybe it's going to be this year. I don't know. At some point, that dude's going to go Moses Malone on the rest of the league, and he's just going to carry a team to the championship. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Maybe maybe only will happen once, but I think it's going to happen. He's too good, too talented, and I think he's not perfect, but I think there is enough desire in there that he will do it for some team. And I would love if that was not on Philly and perhaps was for the Knicks Uh, in terms of like, like the the thing with Embiid that I think is interesting is like, he obviously is on a supermax extension. Um, You know, I, I, I don't know because like any star trade it's, I feel like it's pretty rare. Like if you go through the massive star trade packages, when it's when it's the sort of star like Embiid, who has some agency, you know, you know, is he really gonna be cool with getting traded to Oklahoma City? You know, New Orleans um, would those teams give up a, that sort of package if he had, let's say, two years left on his deal and. 
you know, they felt like he was a flight risk. Like, but then again, as I say that, you know, Kevin Durant didn't get his way this summer. Donovan Mitchell sure seemed like he wanted to go to the Knicks this summer. Didn't get his way. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the league is changing a little bit. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what I will say though about Embiid and the, or not Embiid, but about the Knicks package is like, Nick's unprotected draft picks, are, I think, are still going to be looked at as like really valuable, really, really, really valuable in the league. And if you're going to be specific and you're going to talk about Embiid, Embiid is what is Embiid? Twenty nine, um, whatever he is, he's whatever his age is, he's old enough, and his injury history is worrisome enough that I bet if that. If there was an opportunity for Philly, let's just say for argument's sake, and Bede just said, I, I want out. If there was an opportunity, if, and Philly was like, all right, we're going to deal him. If they had an opportunity to send him to the Knicks and you got, you know, seven years worth of the Knicks draft rights, I imagine that would be pretty valuable because, yeah, you might, the Knicks might be a contender in year one or year two or maybe even year three, but like eventually Embiid's going to break, break down. Um, big men, foot injuries, not ideal. So I have to think that the future Knicks picks in an specifically in an Embiid trade, I bet you the Sixers would feel pretty good about those. Would be my guess. Who the hell knows? <laughs> he has, he has to, they have to be willing to trade him, which again, so much would have to go wrong for Philly to ever consider trading that guy. Um, might finish second in MVP again, for all we know. He's very good. I like Joel Embiid. Uh, I would love to root for Joel Embiid. Richie V, what's going on, Richie? Hey, Macri, Benji had a fantastic breakdown today. Yes, he did. What were your thoughts on it? Specifically, the Brunson plays. Keep up the great work at KFS. Yeah, I... Look, I've been pushing back against the anti-Brunson folk for a little while now because... Again, I feel like when you're as efficient as he is, it's t- and you're averaging you know six plus assists a game, it's tough to get on a guy who again does not have Chris Paul's vision, does not have you know Trey Young's vision, Trey Young's passing ability, Luka Doncic's passing ability. Like he's more of a combo guard than a natural point guard. I found it tough to get too much on him for being the director of the offense and like not getting enough other guys involved. That said it has gotten worse of late and Benji was spot on. Like there were passes he should have made, but that's also like, I do think that that's part of it. That becomes part of a team's DNA. Now you could give me a chicken or the egg argument. Like if, if that's part of the team's DNA where they're just not passing enough where they should be passing, is it not the point guard that is supposed to set that DNA in place? And if that was your response, I would say that's completely fair. So, yeah, absolutely fair to criticize Bronson for for taking calling his own number a little bit too much, not making enough passes. Absolutely. hundred percent fair. Do I think it means he's like a bad like a bad fit or, you know, the Knicks shouldn't have gotten him or he's never going to be able to be the starting point guard on like a, a championship? No, not one bit. Like, how about let's see him when he's not the engine on the team and he's back with a guy like Luka Doncic and that team went to the conference finals last year and uh, 
they weren't even that great around those top two. Like they didn't have a third guy, for instance. Uh, I, I I still want to take my chances with Jalen Brunson moving forward, and and I, I will just say one once again, I'm not saying he can't improve in these specific areas. I think that I am convinced that that dude is about all the right things. So, yeah, just tough. Like what's best for your team, shooting or passing? Uh, busy. What's going on, busy? I love that. Everyone's talking about the lack of assists after I brought it up last week. I'll pretend it was me who inspired the talk. LOL. No, man, you, you were on it. You were on it. I think where we disagree more. And I thought this is where I think Benji's, um, excellent breakdown with the courtesy of the, the fine folks at uh, shot quality was really instructive is that it shows like you don't need to run a crazy offense to get good shots. If you have guys like the Knicks have who are just, you know, bulls in a China shop and can like, again, say what you want about RJ Barrett. The dude just gets downhill anytime he wants Jalen Brunson. Say what you want about Jalen Brunson. The dude will get into the teeth of a defense pretty much whenever he wants Julius Randle. When he's doing things the right way, gets into the teeth of a defense whenever he wants. There are passes that are there to be had off of those initial actions quickly when he's making quick decisions and he penetrates. Another one, all of these guys, the passes are there. You got to make them. And then after you make them, the guys who you make them to have to be on their P's and Q's. Do I shoot it? Do I drive and then it's the next action you know so like I think the offense is fine the the scheme and all that is fine they're using these players in the right way it is on the players to now make the right decisions you know and they could do a better job of that thanks busy Appreciate it as always. Uh, Sam Garcia's dad. What's going on, Sam Garcia's dad? Mitch is the one Nick we are least equipped to replace from the within, from within. Convince me otherwise. Hashtag Taj. Mentioned Taj in the newsletter today. I don't know if you caught that. Mm. So my first inclination, because I, I did think about this some. It's a great question. My first inclination when I thought about this as I was writing writing today's Knicks Film School newsletter was Brunson and that they're least equipped to lose Brunson because he when the, when the going gets tough, you know you can throw it to him and you're going to get a good shot and they don't really you know, there's not anyone else on this team that you could say that about and yet like thinking about those games where it was quickly and Randall together, uh, even without RJ, right? Uh, the the Mavs game they didn't have RJ, the Spurs game they didn't have RJ, and it was the did they have RJ for the Rockets game? I I'm sorry, I forget. Regardless, but like just think back to like Randall and quickly go heavy on the defense, like. They almost won that Mavs game. Obviously, we don't have to talk about that. But like, and even the Spurs game, they they scored a ton of points in the Spurs game. Spurs were just a bad matchup because they had a lot of size. Um, and Mitch had a bad game, by the way, in that Spurs game in San Antonio. I don't, I, I, I don't think it's a crazy argument at all 
Um, it's funny. The guy, man, how, how, how things could change. Um, the other guy that I, I'd say is actually Randall. <laughs> the guy who I was willing to attach a first round pick to, to get rid of this summer, man. Good one. Good, good job, Macri. Um, yeah, I, I like without Randall. What is this team? We don't know because he hasn't missed a game. Uh, I, I, I think they need Randall. Randall might be the other end. Randall, I think, might be the, the right answer along with Mitch. How wild is that? Yeah, anyway. And shout out to Emmanuel quickly. Another guy who's played every game. Uh, should be in that conversation as well. Busy. Um, tonight felt like the Knicks thought they didn't need to play defense. I felt like they thought they could just outscore the Hawks. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that's maybe, maybe that's it more than some poppycock explanation that I'm trying to come up with. Well, they were in their own heads on defense and they were trying to do too much on defense. Maybe they they were just like, fuck it. We're going to try out score these guys. (laughs) Uh, Hashtag did not work out well. Yeah. You, you, what's it? Uh, Occam's razor. Simplest explanation is usually the, the right one. I think that's Occam's razor. I don't know. Not good on my philosophy. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I hope they, I hope they change their tune. Hope they change their tune and busy with another one. Busy. You're on fire tonight. Thank you, man. Your comments are always appreciated. I hope you know that. Um, not here for any more. will be slander. There we go. Fight the power. Uh, use that man the right way. I thought they used him pretty well tonight. In some instances, I thought, uh, what did, uh, someone hit him. Brunson hit him. Yeah. Brunson hit him for a lot. Thought that was great. Um, you know, could be more. See more. See a lot more. Uh, we could use him. We could use him. Why trade him and regret it later? Tonight, he made quick, decisive drives to the basket and made some plays for others. This is like. Here's I, I'm I'm I'll, I'm happy to have the conversation about like the role that Obi Toppin is going to eventually have on a great team and what that looks like. Happy to have that conversation. I'm happy to have that conversation about whether the Knicks should entertain trading him just in a vacuum because they have Julius Randle. And like, is it just better to accept the fact that they're going to move forward with Julius Randle and that that is what is best for the team and just move on from Obi for that reason? I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I can't, you can't, you're not going to be able to tell me that Obi Toppin is not a good basketball player. He's a, there's a good player in there. That dude, like, somewhere, maybe not here, but somewhere that dude's going to figure it out. And it's, it may not be like for a great team, but it's going to be fun. And we're going to watch it. If it's not here, we're going to be like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I think he's going to be, I think Obi's going to be okay. I hope it's here. Thank you busy for fighting the good fight. ML Nair. What's going on, ML? Good to hear from you, man. Uh, Randall needs to pass out of triple teams and look more for help from uh, quickly and Grimes IQ taking five shots in 35 minutes is ridiculous. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that honestly, um, that might just be flow of offense stuff. I don't, again, I don't know because, uh, Q Q Tibbs, I haven't rewatched the tape. Uh, yeah, he should have shot it more. Could Randall, you know, I, I tweeted out tonight, like, 
Randall did not play a perfect offensive game for as good as he seemed at times. There were some passes he could have made quicker. 100%. I think he, he over-dribbled a few times. Um, but, you know, you're you're always going to get some of that with Julius. Um, yeah, five shots is not enough for a penny quickly. It should go without saying. Five shots is not enough. ML Nair with another one. Um, on defense, these players are drifting too far from the corners on the weak side. It's It's been a bugaboo all year. It's annoying that it's still happening to the extent that it is. Um, iHeart is all over the court helping and he's too slow. Yeah. And that, and that it feeds into the offensive rebounding problems because the more you're bringing help from all over the fucking place, the more you're going to be out of position and you're, you're, you know, if your big guy, if your big guy has to go rotate over to the corner or something, um, he's not going to be there to get the offensive rebound. So it, it all, it all feeds into each other. I think some guys are more egregious offenders of this than others. It's an issue. It's an issue for sure. Okay. Well, man. Hey, listen, it's a Friday night. The Knicks lost by a bunch of points. They gave up a bunch of points. So uh, not shocked that we got this one in under an hour. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. Appreciate it. Uh, don't, don't get too upset. Uh, don't don't quit on this team just yet. It's a tough one tonight, but I think they're going to be all right. They just got to figure out how to survive the next four weeks. Um, it's going to be a challenge, though. Starts on Sunday. Restarts on Sunday, I should say. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, follow Nick's Film School on social media at Nick Film School, S-K-O-O-L. Appreciate everybody, as always. Thanks to Justin Palmer on the ones and twos tonight. Um, and, yeah. Talk to you later. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.